0: Hey, for those of you joining us online, thanks for crashing a party. Um, You are not here in the room with us, but you're just as much family as those that are. Man, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at uh, info at Discover Revo or prayer at Discover Revo, if you have any way that we can pray and uh, partner with you. I got a question for you. As I was researching the the sermon this week, I ran across this interesting stat. Um, There are two parts of your body that never stop growing. Like from the day you are born to the day you die, these two parts of your body never stop growing. Now, some of you are already thinking, oh, I know what it is, my butt and my gut, right? <laughs> He's like, man, well, why will they not stop growing? Um, actually, that, that might be a personal opinion, but that is a non-scientific opinion because the scientific studies show that the two parts of your body that will never stop growing are uh, your ears and your nose. They will never stop growing. So if you got big ears or a big nose right now, I'm sorry there is no end in sight. It, it is going to continue. So grow your hair out and cover those things up or get a pair of big sunglasses. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, that's it. Th- those two things never stop growing on, on your body. As we continue this Luke series, we're kind of turning the page and, and we're going to talk about uh, what I'm calling foundations. Um, these are essentials. Uh, these are the foundations of what it means to, to follow Jesus. If you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus, there are certain non-negotiables. There are certain things that make us who we are. So if you're here and you're on team Jesus, man, this is gonna be a good reminder of what, what are the pillars in my life that should be evident Uh, But if you're you're here today and you're not a Christian, hey man, welcome to the party. We're so glad you're here. You're going to get to hear a little insight into what all those wild and crazy Christian friends of yours are doing. Uh, like what defines our lives? What are the the pillars and the foundations of our faith in in Jesus? And so today we're going to talk about one of those first foundations, the building blocks, these essentials that, that you got to know when you're signing up to follow Jesus. This is a foundational principle that will be evident throughout the rest of your life, from the day you make a decision to follow Jesus until the day that you die. And here's the first foundational, the first pillar that I want to talk about today. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus, um, you will never stop growing. Do you know that's an expectation? You are a bunch of spiritual ears and noses in this room right now. Uh, There's an expectation that you will never stop growing. Did you know that growth is important to God? It was actually the very first command that he gave Adam and Eve. He said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Like God cares about growth, In fact, um, you may not realize this, but you and I, God cares so much about growth that you and I will one day be judged by how much we grew. Now that, like, if you're a follower of Jesus, that ought to perk your ears up because one day every one of us is gonna stand in front of God and give an account for our lives. And so this question is absolutely going to be on the test. Heads up, write it down, circle it, highlight it, underline it. God is gonna ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Show me how you took what I gave you And how it grew. The reason we know this is Jesus told a parable. It's it's found in the book of Luke. It's called the the parable of the talents. And the story goes like this. There was a a, a landowner, this this wealthy man, that, that picked three of his servants out and he gave them each a sum of money. And he said, I'm going to go away, and and when I come back, I'm going to check and figure out what you did with that money that I entrusted you with. And so for the first servant, maybe this sounds familiar, the first servant got five talents or or five, think five uh, denominations, $500 bills, And, and when the master came back later, the first servant brought him and said, hey, master, you gave me five talents, and I multiplied. I doubled it, and now I have 10. And the master says, boy, well done, good and faithful servant. You took what I had, and you grew it. And now you have even more. The guy with the two talents came up to him and say, all right, hey master, you gave me two talents and guess what, doubled it. Here's four talents. The the master looked at him and said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with what I gave you and then it grew and I came back and now it's doubled. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. There was actually only one guy in this story that got in trouble. And it was the guy that that the master gave one talent to. Just, Just one $100 bill. You know what the guy did? He buried it in the ground because he was afraid that he would lose it. And when the master came back, he he came back and he just gave him what he had. He said, this is what you gave me. And here's all these years later. And so I'm giving you back exactly what you gave me. And the master kind of looked at him and was like, what are you doing, man? At the very least, you could have put this money in the bank and I could have got 0.3% interest on it. Like that would have been better than nothing. There's an expectation that everything that God gives you is going to be multiplied and is going to grow by the time you stand in front of God. And so we're going to stand in front of God and give an account for the time that we spent. Hey, I, God gave you all that time. He gave you all those opportunities, that open door, that family, your finances, your marriage. Everything in your life is a talent. It's an opportunity from God. And you and I will stand in front of God one day and we will tell him how he took, we took what he gave us and we grew it. going to be judged on that one day growth is important to God it's an expectation that if you're going to follow Jesus you're going to continue to grow I love that that story even defines what growth is the definition for growth is, is according to that is you taking what God gave you and you doing something with it multiplying it being a good steward of that opportunity God cares a lot about growth uh, but it's not just growth in random areas we actually read in the chapter we're going to be looking at today in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 God actually calls us to grow in certain areas uh, in Luke 2:52 this is this is how Jesus grew uh, the verse says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and with all the people I, I don't know if you read that and it kind of strikes you wrong but Jesus had to grow and I don't know, that I mean, just as I was prepping this week, it kind of dawned on me, like, I don't know if you think that because Jesus was the son of God, that when Jesus was born, God just kind of downloaded it into Jesus's mind. But that's not what the Bible says. Jesus actually had to learn. Jesus had to study. Jesus had to grow. He, he wasn't just born with it. Uh, he, just like us, had to pursue that relationship and that intimacy with God. He had to grow in physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and spiritually. And, and Scripture says Jesus actually did that. And, 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 and we see how it actually worked, how Jesus progressed in those, in those key areas. And he, he had to grow just like you did. And, and here's, the, here's the reality. If God looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you got to grow, then guess what? God's looking at you and saying, you got to grow. Hey, Nathan, you gotta grow, man. And so Luke chapter two is really a story that is unique in all of the Bible and that it shows us some people that were in Jesus's life when, uh, right after he was born and when he was a kid and when he was a teenager. This is the only chapter in the whole Bible that shows us Jesus's life growing up. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but most of the gospels jump from Jesus was born To now all of a sudden you turn the page and Jesus is 30 years old and he's beginning his ministry. Well, there's 29 year gap that I'm like, what happened? Where was Jesus? What was going on? Well, Luke chapter 2 gives us some of the details of what was going on, some of the people that Jesus rolled with, that, that knew Jesus and could observe him as he was growing up, not just physically growing up, but growing in, in every area of his life. So Luke chapter 2 is the only chapter, the one we're going to look at today, is the only chapter that tells us what Jesus was like as a teenager in his 20s, uh, like growing up as, as a kid, and so I want to set the scene for you before we, we look at the very first man we're going to meet. We're going to, we're going to meet a man by the name of Simeon. Uh, he, was a, he was a priest. And here, here's the story. Right after Jesus was born, um, on the eighth day, it was Jewish custom that if you were a, a Jewish boy, um, your parents would take you to the temple uh, for what we would call like a child dedication service. Except um, this isn't like you were thinking it. Um, this is actually a, a, a ritual and a rite by the Jewish kids that uh, you would bring your eight day old baby boy and not only would the priest pray over your son, but the priest was the one that would circumcise the boys in the church. Praise God, we've moved past that. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, why does not Riva do a baby dedication? I'm like, have you read the Bible, bro? We ain't doing that. We're not doing that. You can go find a doctor to do that for you. Uh, let me just preach this sermon right here. But that's what they did. They brought Jesus in. And, and Simeon was this man that would pray over Jesus. And, and, and chapter 20, or in chapter 2, in, in verse 25, we get to meet this man and, and, and kind of why he's so significant. So here's what I want to do. I'm gonna, I want to I share with you five things that if you want to grow this year, and, and, and let me rephrase that. God expects us to grow every year. And so if you wanna do what God has called you to do and you wanna grow in this relationship with him, then here's five things from Luke chapter two that we can look at. And the first one is from Simeon. Here's what it says in in chapter two of Luke verse 25. It says, "At, at, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So a guy named Simeon is working in the church. He's a priest. Well, God shares with him. He says, before you die, you're going to see the son of God. You're going to see him face to face. That's a promise that he made Simeon. And the Bible says that he was eagerly waiting his whole life for the opportunity to, to meet this Messiah that would save the world from their sins. Verse 27, that day, the spirit led him Simeon to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. For years, decades, this man waited on a promise that God had spoken to him. And in chapter two, so long he waited for what God had told him that he would see. And he was standing right in front of me says, man, now God, I can die in peace. Your promise has been revealed. Here's the first thing that I want you to write down. If you're gonna grow in your relationship with, with God and grow closer to him this year, number one, you have to learn to be patient, be patient. God had a plan for Simeon's life. You know what the problem was? God also had a timeline for it. And it's the same with you. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? God knows everything about your life, has everything laid out. The problem with us is we hate to wait. Uh, But if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus, you and I are gonna have to learn part of following God is understanding that God not only has a plan for your life, but he has a timeline as well. We gotta be patient with it. And Simeon, can you imagine that? That language is so intriguing to me. It says he eagerly waited. When I wait in my life, I wouldn't attach the word eager in front of it. Like, I would say I was frustrated. I was mad. I was looking at my watch. I, was, I can't figure out why I'm having to wait. What is taking so long? Why is it taking so long to get my order? Why is traffic so bad? Why, why does everything take so long? But this scripture said that he was eagerly waiting. Every morning he'd get up and be like, maybe today is the day where I get to see God's plan unfold in my life. I can't wait, God. Come on, just, just let me see it. Simeon knew that God's plan was attached to God's timeline. See, see, faith in your life is believing that God can. Patience gives you the endurance to outlast the frustration. Like a lot of people got faith, but without patience, you get frustrated at God. Why hasn't it happened yet, God? Why haven't you healed me yet, God? Why haven't you answered me yet, God? Why haven't you made a way yet, God? And, and if we're not careful, our faith can lead to frustration. That's why we have to have patience. Patience is, is knowing God can while simultaneously not knowing when God will. Faithful patience is waking up and saying, God, I don't know why you haven't answered my question, but, but I, I still believe. I don't know when you're going to open the door, but I believe you can do it. I don't know when it's all gonna come together, but I'm believing that you're in control. I'm believing that you have a plan. And even though it hasn't come to fruition yet, I'm not gonna let my faith falter. I've learned how to be patient. Simeon scholars tell us, man, this guy's upwards of 80 years old, 80 years. He's been waiting every day thinking this could be it. But he had to grow. That was the area in his life where God was like, grow in your patience. And if you're gonna follow Jesus, then that's what we're gonna have to do as well. You're gonna have to be patient and grow in that area of your life. The next gal we're introduced to in the story is a a girl by the name of Anna. Um, She also hung out in the temple a lot and that's where we see her here in in verse 36. It says, Anna, a prophet who was there in the temple. She was the, the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Just like, get down to it. She's old. Her husband died when she had been married for only seven years. So she's been a widow for a long time. Um, Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. Check this out, she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and with prayer. A second thing I want you to write down is this. we want you to be patient, but number two, if you wanna grow in your relationship with God, you need to learn how to be available. Be available. Look at this this woman right here, uh, spent day and night at the church. She was always there, always hanging out at the temple, always working, always doing something. And here's what scripture tells us. You know what she was doing? She basically looked at God and said, I'm here, I'm available. You wanna to speak to me today, God, I'm here. You wanna do something in my life today, God, I'm ready. I'm here day and night, day and night. You wanna do something, you wanna use me, Like I'm, I'm here she was there like lived at the church now you can't live here okay now we got plenty of jobs if you want to come here and you can work you can do stuff um but you're going to have to figure out where you're going to sleep on your own but if you're going to grow in your relationship with jesus we got to adopt this posture of every morning we're waking up and being like all right god you want to do something with me today i'm ready i'm here my ears are open you want to speak to me lord i'm listening you want to use me in such a way today lord every aspect of my life, my family, my friends, my finances, my time, talent, and treasure, I just want to make it available to, to you. I want to make myself available. If you read the Bible for very long, you're going to realize something. Um, God is not looking for the able. He's looking for the available. Like some of you are like, God could never use me because I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience. I haven't been a Christian for very long. Have you realized and like look back in the Bible at the people that Jesus invited to be a part of his team? These were fishermen. These weren't preachers or pastors. They were fishermen. And and Jesus is like, hey guys, y'all wanna roll? You wanna do this? You wanna join the team? And Peter was like, all right, (laughs) sure. I'll put these nets down. I'm just available. That's all I'm doing. I'm just making myself available. That's who God uses. God doesn't use the smartest people. He doesn't use the people with the most experience or the people that can carry themselves the most. Nah, he uses the people that are just willing to say, Hey, I'm here. I'll do it. You want to use me? Shoot, I'll sign up. Like I'm ready. Anything you want me to do, God, I'll, I'll, I'll fill it. Just be available. On the 21 Days of Prayer podcast this week, we talked about um, sometimes uh, like God will never screen your calls, but I will. And I wasn't talking about anybody in this room. I would never screen a call from anybody in this room. I'm talking about people that were at the 930 service and other things like that. Um, but uh, have you ever had people that like when you call them, they're really hard to get in touch with? Like they never, they never answer their phone. And uh, man, they'll, they'll miss out. People miss out on opportunities because they're not available. Uh, I wanna warn you, this year, God is gonna call you and I don't want you to send me to voicemail. I, I don't want you to get a call. This happens to me sometimes. If I'm on a call and somebody calls me, I wanna respond to them, but I, I can't get off the phone call. And so there's that like custom button that you can hit that'll automatically send them a text. I'm busy right now or I'm on the other phone, or can I call you back? Please don't let God call you this year and you send him to voicemail. It's about being available. Here's another example. Uh, I have a few people in my phone that if they call me, I don't care what I'm doing, I'm gonna pick it up. Like if if my girls call me, I'm gonna do, I don't care if I'm standing across from the president of the United States of America. If, If these girls call me, I'm gonna be like, hold up a second, I need to take this. Why? because these people are more important than these people. And so when God calls, we say, God, you're more important than anything else. Whatever I had on my schedule, whatever I had on my plan, whatever I had on my calendar, like you need to understand, like God is most important. This phone call right here. If I'm meeting with one of you guys and my wife or daughters call you, I don't care if you are pouring your heart and soul out and you've had the worst day of your life and you are crying big tears. I'm gonna say, hold up, I need to take this. And I know this is going to hurt your feelings, but I care more about them than I care about you. I don't even know if you can say that as a pastor, but I said that. That's out there now. (laughs) It's out there. What kind of church is this? When we make ourselves available to God, we tell everybody else, I care more about him than I care about you. These are priorities. I want to make myself available. And, And Anna, this woman said, hey, this is where I'm going to grow. I'm going to be available anytime God calls. Anytime God wants to do something, I'll put everything else on hold so that I can answer his call. am not gonna screen your call. I'm not gonna send you to voicemail, God. That's not who I'm gonna do. God always uses the available. In fact, you look at the Bible, the people that God uses the most are often the most unqualified, most available people. It's not about skills. It's not about how much of the Bible you know. It's not about long you've been a member of a church. God's looking for somebody to say, yep, I'll go, I'll do it. I'm here. You got something? You wanna speak? You wanna do something? You wanna use me? I'm in. That'd be a game changer if you grew in, in your availability. I wonder what your life could do and who you could impact this year if you just decided to show up. If, if you just decided to be available, take that next step. We got 52 Sundays in a year, man, I'm gonna I'm I'm show up. We got our groups running throughout the week, I'm gonna show up. We've got parenting seminars, and we've got men's and women's prayer. I'm just going to show up, man. I'm just going to be available. Here, here it is, God. I'm here. Do, do whatever you want to do. Teach me whatever you want to teach me. Um, third thing is this. We meet the next character, next set of characters in the story. In verse 39, we're going to meet, meet Mary and Joseph. Uh, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all of the requirements of the law of the Lord, when they, when they brought him and had him circumcised by the priest on the eighth day, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. Now, I don't know if you caught that language, but here's what we see with Mary and Joseph. It's the third thing that I wanna challenge you with. If you wanna grow in your relationship with God this year, then number three, you gotta be consistent. You gotta be consistent. On the eighth day, they took Jesus. They were obedient to what God had told them to do. You would think birthing a baby in a barn by a virgin was obedience enough. Like, I'm I'm tapped out for this week. Uh, I'm tired of being obedient. But on the eighth day, Mary and Joseph said, nope, this is what God called us to do. So for week number two of this little kid's life, we're going to be obedient. The verses after that, it says, every year they came back to Jerusalem. Consistency. The last verse I read, it says, Jesus, they took him when he was 12 years old to Jerusalem, just like they always had. See, it's consistency is a way that you can grow in, in your faith. See, your, your faith and your life with God is not gonna be impacted by what you do every once in a while. Your relationship with God is shaped by what you do consistently. What defines you is not what you do every once in a while. It's what you do every day. So what's your next step? Like I said, there's 52 Sundays in a year. Why don't you commit to be consistent and worship Jesus every Sunday? Jump into an R group. Take your next step there. Look for a service opportunity that we have here. and Just just jump in. Just say, all right, Jesus, last year I kind of read my Bible, but this year I'm going to be consistent about it. Last year I prayed, like when my back was against the wall. This year I'm going to be consistent about it. Because what you do every day begins to impact you. It begins to shape you. If you want to grow, take what you did every now and then and start doing it every day. Mary and Joseph had a pattern in their life. We we, we do the right thing. We follow God. Every day we're asking ourselves, let's just be consistent in our walk. What defines you is not what you do every now and then, but what you do every day. When it comes to your spiritual life, what is going to define you in 2023? Uh, Mary and Joseph Man, had had laser focus on on that. Now let's talk about what Jesus did. This is a funny part of the story. I love this. In verse 43, it says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him amongst their relatives and friends. Can you imagine what's happening right here? You got one job. God entrusted you with his son, gonna save the world. Your only job is to get this dude to the cross. Like that's why he was born, your only job. And 12 years into it, Mary and Joseph have lost the son of God. They have lost this man. Can you imagine having to go tell God you lost his son? Terrible. But they have lost. They're going around to relatives. What's going on? Who's gone? I thought he was with you. And Mary is like, you know, this is why I nag you all the time. Because you're going to lose Jesus. And and Joseph's like, well, you know what? He's not even my son. All right, I said it. He's your son. I don't know why. I have to look out for him. They started asking all the relatives, what's going on? We cannot find this man. And so they begin to to hit the panic button. Verse 45, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, whoo, man. I would have never made it three days. Elizabeth would have taken my life before then. (laughs) Three days after they lost, the son of God, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. If you want to grow this year, you need to grow like Jesus in this. Number four, I want you to be hungry. Be hungry. Again, it's... The Bible is like so cool, every time I read it, it's like God shows me something different because every time I've read this, I've often thought, well, Jesus was in the temple. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was teaching. Jesus was showing all these other dudes what the real deal was. It's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna preach this sermon. And they were impressed by it, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when Mary and Joseph walked in, they saw Jesus and he was sitting down and he was listening to all of the pastors, all of the priests, all of the teachers. And it's, it's like this imagery of like, Jesus is this sponge that's soaking it up. Here's the deal, like Jesus was hungry. Jesus wanted to know the Father. He wanted to know everything that it was about this, this book that had been written, proclaiming that one day a savior would be born. He wanted to know, and he's sitting there, like he's hungry. Are you hungry? Like, are you hungry for God? Do you want to know more about God? That's a, a way that we can grow this year is to grow in our hunger. When I think about this, I think about, you guys ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse before? If you have it, like, man, give your life to Jesus and like, come on, man, get on, get on this team. Winston-Salem has one, you need to go try it out. Here's the way it works, man. They, they have like 17 different types of meat that they cook on this, oh, right? Amen, everybody's like scooting up and they're like, all right, <laughs> come on, talk to me. 17 different types of meat that they cook on an open fire, and, and when you go in, like you, you're gonna pay for it. It's pricey, uh, but your boy can eat $60 worth of meat. I'm not where I don't know about you, but I can get my money's worth, no doubt about it. And 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 they have all these types of meats that they will bring to your table, and they're called uh, gauchos, and and they will bring all these 17 different cuts, and they will slice it for you at your table, and you can eat as much as you want. Uh, but here's the, the instructions: when you sit down at the table, your server's gonna tell you there's a there's a little a little, uh, a little checker almost looks like a plastic big big disc and on one side of it is green and on the other side of it is red and the server will tell you here's what you need to do whenever you're ready for the the servers to come by your table and bring you all the food you just flip that chip from red to green and as long as it's green then the servers will bring out everything and you can eat as long as you want to as much as you want to But if you get full or you realize your plate is full or you just need to take a breather, you got the meat sweats, then flip it over. (laughs) Flip it over to red and that will be an indication for the waitstaff not to, to come to your table anymore. Here's the deal, man. This year, you and I need to make the commitment that spiritually we're gonna keep the tab on green. Because here's what I know. God will feed you to your hunger. As long as you're hungry, God will feed you. God will, you got a hunger for God. God will show you. But, but if you turn the card red and you turn it over, God's not gonna force feed you. God's not gonna say, no, you gotta learn this. No, you need to know this. And like jam a spoon in your mouth. He's not gonna do it. God says, if you get hungry, flip it over on green and I'll keep coming to the table. But unfortunately, sometimes in our life, we like to, to, to push back from the spiritual table and we're like, nah, God, I'm good. I think I'm full. I think I've had enough. I, no, i just go on, just, just pass, I'll pass. Hey, this year, the way that we need to grow is just to make the spiritual decision that it's gonna be on green all year. God, I'm hungry for you, I wanna know more. You wanna know Jesus, why Jesus got up early in the morning to pray? He was hungry to know the Father. You wanna know why he poured his life out and invested in everyone around him that he could? Because he was hungry to know and to live out the mission that God had entrusted him with. Don't get caught this year turning the spiritual chip over on red. Keep it on green, because God will feed you to your point of hunger. So I want to keep growing. Stay hungry. Make a commitment this year that you're going to stay hungry. No matter how many decades you've been following Jesus, this will be the year where the card stays on green. You're like, God, I want more. The most spiritual people that you meet are not the people that know the most about the Bible. The most spiritual people you meet are the ones that can't seem to get enough of God. And every day they're like, I want more. I wanna grow more, I wanna know more, I wanna learn more, I wanna experience you more, God. I wanna, like, I'm hungry for it. And that's the picture of Jesus as he's sitting underneath these teachers and priests. Of course, I'm at the Father's house. Like, Mom, come on, you know this is where I'm at. I'm hungry, I I wanna know God. Here's how the story closes out. Verse 47, uh, all who heard him, all these teachers were amazed at how much he understood and at his answers. Jesus was growing, soaking it up, really hungry. His parents didn't know what to think. Uh, Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. You notice how she put Joseph's names first, he blamed him. Your father. Jesus said, but why do you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? Verse 50, but but they didn't understand what he meant. They did not understand what Jesus meant. Last thing I want you to write down is this. I want you to grow this year in being wise. The the end of the chapter says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. See, Mary and Joseph got to the point where they're just like, hey, I, I don't understand what Jesus meant. Like, I I need to grow in my understanding. I want to grow in my wisdom and move forward in that. Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus knew that that he needed to grow in wisdom and stature. Luke doubles down on it by saying, I don't know why he listed these things, but he said, hey, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor. Those are the three areas. I think they're really good. But here's wisdom. Wisdom is making decisions today that you won't regret tomorrow. That's wisdom. Wisdom. Like, hey, I, I know what to do today. I know what to say today. I know where to go today. I know how to spend today. I know how to say today. Wisdom is making decisions today that you will not regret tomorrow. It's not about how much of the Bible that you know, but it's how much of what you know you actually apply in your life. That's wisdom. And the Bible says that that's something we need to grow in all day. We know You and I know plenty of people that know a lot about the Bible, but are not living very wise lives right now. And so I want you to grow in that wisdom. Five ways uh, that we learn how to grow. You want 2023 to be a big year for you? You wanna grow? You wanna be able to stand in front of God one day and say, hey, let me show you what I did. I took what you gave me and I multiplied it and I grew and I hope that I was a good steward over it. Five areas that we can grow. And I wanna invite you right now to pray with me um, because maybe as I said one of those things, one immediately resonated with you and maybe that was God speaking to you saying, hey, I, I, this, that's, that's what I want you to own. Man, write that down, commit to it today that this is the area that you're gonna grow. And some of you are like, shoot, man, all five of them hit me. Like, good, write all five of them down. Commit to God right now. But just ask the Holy Spirit, when we pray, would you just say, all right, God, just show me. What, what area do I need to focus on? I wanna grow. And I wanna get to the end of my life and be able to have something to show. For what you gave me and how I used it to make your name famous, to impact others, to serve and to, to put others in front of myself. Show me how to grow. I'm confident, we pray that right now. I'm confident God will speak to you and let you know what your next steps are. So let's, let's pray together. God, thanks for the reminder from your word that, that you called Jesus to grow. And if that was an expectation and a, a foundation of his relationship with, with his heavenly father, then we are no exception. God, I pray that we would own that responsibility, that that is is something that you have called us to do, so many different areas of life that we can grow in. God, so would you just speak to your people right now as they pray and as they ask, would you just prod one idea, provoke them in some way to narrow their focus so that they can make a commitment right now to grow in that key area. And God, would you give us the wisdom and the discernment to know what to do with the words that we have just heard. I pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at